What is up, guys? Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys motivation, inspiration, and a ton of tips to help you all on your fitness journey. And it is Tuesday, and I just got to start by telling y'all, I did pistols for the first time yesterday, single leg squats, for the first time since before my hamstring injury, which was probably February or March of last year. And I literally feel like I don't even want to walk right now. <laughs> my legs are so sore. And if you're a CrossFitter, I know you can relate to that feeling of like, oh, and I used to actually like, like the feeling of being sore, but as I very rarely get sore anymore, I don't like this feeling. It literally made the, the thought of working out today feel like, mm, I'm going to stick to upper body. That's essentially what I felt. So I know y'all can relate to that. So today's episode is actually that I can relate to too, um, is losing weight and regaining it. And um, this is a very, very, very common thing that I see uh, a lot of people that come to me looking for nutrition advice have at some point in their life lost weight and regained it, and they don't want that to happen again. And, or maybe they haven't, maybe you haven't reached out to me yet, but you're somebody listening and you're somebody that has lost weight in the past and you can't seem to figure out how to do it again. Um, it seems like the same thing isn't working again and maybe you've regained the weight. Even worse is that a lot of people that have regained the weight also end up weighing more. So they actually, some people have actually lost the weight and now they're heavier they were when they first started, which is even worse. And that's something else that I run into as well. So today's episode, I want to help you guys understand why this happens and also give you guys some strategies so that next time you can be more successful. And if you are looking to start your fat loss journey and are looking for a more sustainable way, you can always reach out to me, not a plug for coaching, but also I'm open, always open to offering just a, a quick strategy call, give you guys my suggestions and thoughts for where you're at in your journey what might be best for you. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that think that they should just follow a diet plan, follow a set of macros. And sometimes that works, but a lot of times it doesn't because you know everybody's lifestyle is different. Everybody's mindset is different. Everybody's responsibilities at home are different. You know, Everybody's training is different. So it really just depends on what you need. So not a plug for coaching, but definitely a plug for you guys to reach out, get a free strategy call uh, and see if it's a good fit for you. And there is a link to that in the show notes for sure. Always put that in there. So let's talk a little bit about why we actually regain weight. Let's talk first and foremost about how weight gain actually happens to begin with. So it's funny, I just made a post about this. So, you know, how we actually gain weight. I actually, the post was actually about, you know, eating too little and how that can actually make you end up, make it harder for you to lose weight. But one of the things I talked about is how, how we actually store fat. So when it comes to weight gain, essentially what happens is we consume calories we burn calories throughout our day and the amount of calories left over after macronutrients are broken down, micronutrients are broken down and the energy that we use throughout the day is, is used. Those extra calories will get stored in our fat cells. And over time, if we don't use up those fat cells, they sit there. And then as more fat, as more energy gets stored, we end up actually having to build more fat cells and then we end up with more body fat. So that's essentially how fat gain happens or weight gain happens. So when we talk about weight regain, essentially what has happened is we've tipped the calorie equation into a calorie surplus. And there's a number of reasons why this happens. 
First and foremost, I'm going to go over the basic stuff that you guys have to look at from your lifestyle perspective, but I'm also going to talk a little bit about the metabolic changes that have happened as you lose weight and a different strategy for approaching your fat loss phase and after your fat loss phase to ensure that you are not going to regain it. Megan, I love, um, if you're watching on YouTube, um, Megan just commented that she, her biggest fear is regaining the weight and it is a, it's a valid fear. In fact, as somebody myself who has once in my life been overweight, I still struggle with, I want to call it the inner fat girl. It's still there up here that I'm going to be that at some point I'm going to end up being that person again. It's, it's always part of you, especially if you dealt with it throughout adolescence. Um, I think it's something that we all kind of have struggled with. Um, and I'm going to talk to you about some things that you're going to do to ensure that you don't regain the weight. So let's talk about some basic reasons why weight regains happens. And like I said, I'm going to start with the things that are just, whether it's the method you're using, whether it's it's your mindset, whatever, we're going to talk about the, those things first. And then we'll talk about the physiological stuff. So first and foremost, number one way or the number one reason for weight regain is usually extreme changes. I'm talking about extreme results or extreme dietary changes. So those people that do like the quote unquote 75 hard or the quick fix or something that's very extreme, a very low calorie diet, Octavia, whatever it is, Weight Watchers, something that drastically changes the amount of calories they're consuming or drastically changes their lifestyle. They've created a huge deficit and they often will see pretty quick results the first time. Okay. So if you're someone that's used this method more than once, you know that the second time you use it, it just don't work the same way. So usually the first time they're very successful at seeing very rapid results. And those results often end up backfiring with a very quick and aggressive weight regain. I've seen this happen a number of times in the CrossFit community for people that do challenges. Um, specifically right now, the 75 hard is big or ones that are similar to that. Even things like nutrition, macro-based challenges or paleo challenges, you'll see some pretty extreme results, but often if you see that person six to 12 months later, it's like they're the same person they were before the change. And you're like, well, okay, I guess whatever, you know, like you don't think anything of it. You're not judging them, but you're in your head, you know, that they don't look the same and they know that too. So usually an extreme change in, either in your body weight or in your lifestyle changes or both together are going to often cause a rebounding effect. Often you'll find that cravings, hunger, get out of place or get out of, get out of whack. Um, often during these periods, these people have committed to things that are very unrealistic with their lifestyle or what they want to be able to enjoy. And it makes it really hard for them to maintain a vacation pops up, which is like, Oh my God, the floodgates just opened this food. I've missed it for so long. And before you know it, they're like having a really hard time getting back on track again. And slowly what happens is that calorie equation starts tipping in a surplus. You know, we're going to talk about why that happens worse. Um, as, or why that really happens. So your solution to this, right, is, is not what people want to hear. Okay. So people want the dopamine hit. They want to feel the success of an everyday win. They want to wake up every single morning and see the scale move. They want to see progress every single week. And having to realize that if you really want to sustain your results, you have to stop being so driven by the results because usually 
that's not going to result in something that's very sustainable. If you're not getting results quick enough, you're going to feel mad about it. And if you're getting results quickly, it's likely going to be really hard for you to maintain. So you want to think about sustainable changes. That means that it shouldn't feel so restrictive. It shouldn't be so extreme, you know? So in some people, like I said, I'll be honest, the first time you diet, whether you go extreme or not, you usually are pretty successful because you're not tainted by anything. Like there's nothing, there's nothing dirty about your mindset when it comes to nutrition. Like you're, you're a clean slate and you're willing to absorb everything and you're likely very consistent and compliant. So you don't have any baggage you're carrying. Uh, number two is lack of accountability. And this is a big one, not just from a different person, but when you are in a fat loss phase and you're very focused on fat loss, that's what's driving the accountability. Like you're accountable to your nutrition for that one purpose. Like you're like, I'm trying to lose weight. So everything I do is about losing weight. I'm eating to lose weight. I'm working out to lose weight. I'm moving to lose weight. I'm doing all these things to lose weight. And when that goes away, you no longer have that motivation or that accountability. You're no longer keeping yourself accountable to those promises because now that's no longer the goal. You're already where you want to be. And in the beginning, you might still have like that, I want to call it motivation to keep doing because you know you want to maintain, but slowly laxity, laxity starts to kind of come into play and it shows up in like, I'm just going to take the weekend off and do whatever I want. And you wake up and the scale's a little bit higher. You're like, no big deal. I'll be back on track. Before you know it, you're a yo-yo dieter. You're, you're dieting five days a week and you're not dieting on the weekends and you're back to this cycle again. And now you're back into trying to lose weight again. And you feel like you're a rabbit or a hamster chasing your tail, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm really bad at those analogies, by the way, <laughs> but you're that person. That's just like, here I am again, what's going on. Um, so you end up just not having the accountability because you no longer have that, that focus point. So it's important to understand that if you are somebody who has lost weight, you have struggled with your weight in the past, which means that you have struggled with some level of self-control or self-awareness around food. And if you've lost weight and it took you six to 12 months and you are, let's call it 20 plus, 30 plus, 40 years old, that's a very small percentage of your life being accountable to your nutrition and aware of your nutrition. So you are going to have to spend multiple years really keeping yourself accountable to thinking about food a little bit more. Like that's something that is going to be a conscious effort for you. Now it shouldn't be exhausting. You shouldn't be feeling restricted for years. You shouldn't be feeling hungry all the time, but you are going to have to have a level of self-discipline in terms of accountability with your nutrition. And I don't want to go to extremes here, but we can even take a look at people that have ever dealt with any kind of addictive behaviors. Um, you know, those people, there's not all, not all addictive behaviors, um, are something that they have to remove forever, right? Like some people might have, a, you know, addictions to things that are not necessarily bad. Um, but we want to make sure we're having a level of, of control around it. So for instance, food is a perfect one. Some people like to say that they are an addict to food. They're addicted to food. Well, we all are quote unquote addicted to food, but at some point you want to be able to have some, you know, obviously some flexibility and developing that self-control. So if you're not using extreme measures, we can have that and then keeping yourself accountable. So even in maintenance, you know, I'm a, I'm a person, well, right now I'm in a gains, a gains journey, but in maintenance, I still have to hold myself accountable to portions. And 
moderating things and making sure that I'm, I'm maintaining as well. Again, at one point in my life, I was overweight. So I do understand how that feels. I've also at one point in my life been somebody who was a quote unquote binge restrictor where I would overeat and then I would undereat. And I, and I understand how vicious that cycle can be. So I do keep myself accountable seven days a week, even if I'm not quote unquote perfect. So we want to make sure we have accountability in place. Number three is lack of nutritional awareness. So if you are somebody that has ever lost weight using a strategy like a diet or, so here's a couple of examples. You went on a low carb diet, you cut out carbs, keto, whatever you want to call it. Um, You did something like fasting. So you just cut out a big time, a a big window of time that you're consuming calories Um, or maybe a low fat diet. Maybe, maybe it could be like a, a very basic meal plan whatever it is, you never actually built nutritional awareness around the foods that you consume on a regular basis. You basically pigeonholed yourself into this cookie cutter plan that you cannot escape from unless you learn to build that nutritional awareness or you're going to end up regaining weight. So, I mean, and this is why I don't like people using these strategies because yeah, maybe intermittent fasting might help you control your calories over the course of the day, but what if your kid, you know, decides that he wants to go to breakfast one day? Are you going to tell him no because you're fasting? Or are you going to show up there and drink water because it's not time for you to eat? Or are you going to enjoy yourself a little bit? You know, so I think that it's important to understand that that's also part of the whole has to be sustainable. But oftentimes what I find is that people that use things like fasting, uh, keto diets, uh, low, cutting out food groups, paleo diets, They don't have any nutritional awareness outside of knowing that these foods are okay or this eating window is is okay and those are not. And when the not foods come back into play, they have no idea what they're consuming and no idea how to control themselves with them. So um, it ends up being a slippery slope. So if you want to prevent this, there's two things you want to do. Number one is you should have an all-inclusive diet and understanding what it looks like to build a very solid foundation of, of nutrition in terms of you're getting in the right types of nutrients, but also allowing yourself some flexibility to know, hey, if I want to have a slice of pizza, what does that look like in terms of calories in my day? How does this fit into the plan? You know, it's really important to understand that stuff because now you've got nutritional awareness around those foods that when you are maintaining, you don't have to be thinking about it as much. You know that when you go out for pizza, you're like, all right, if I have half this pizza, I'm probably consuming about 1500 calories. And I'm going to compensate for that. I'm going to make sure that the rest of my day, I'm eating more protein and veggies because I want to be able to enjoy my pizza tonight. And I don't want to think about having one slice. I don't know about you, but one slice of pizza just isn't going to do it for me. So that's just my opinion. So I actually haven't had pizza in a while. Um, I don't do, because I don't do quote unquote cheat meals. And it's funny because every time I think about changing my diet or like incorporating something different, I'm always like, I just want to stick to what I normally do. But I don't know. Pizza's on my mind today. Actually, brunch is on my mind this week. I kind of want to go out for brunch this week, which is something I haven't had in a while. I love breakfast food. So we're not going to talk about Cheryl's nutrition today. We're talking about y'all's nutrition, but just a little bit of that. But nutritional awareness is why I can do those things. Because I'm aware of the calories in things, I, I know how to look up nutrition facts. I can incorporate those things into my strategy. All right. The next one that I wrote down, number four, is lack of self-monitoring. And this was a big one for me. All right. So when I was in my phase of, you know, trying to 
lose body fat or whatever. You know, I, I really, really what I was looking for was body recomp. I wanted to build muscle, look leaner. Um, and I found myself in this place of restriction. And then I would have like a cheat day, call it. And then I would feel guilty and I wouldn't step on the scale. Oftentimes what I find is that people in their maintenance phase start to get lax on monitoring, not just their body weight, which is number one, but also how they feel. Like how is food making you feel? How, I mean, not just like hunger satiety wise, but also energy, digestion, all that stuff. So self-monitoring is really important. Um, and there is a study out there that does say that, I forget what the percentage is, but the people that are most successful with maintaining their weight loss weigh in at least three times a week. And I think that that's a practice that we should all be doing, especially, like I said, if you've struggled with your weight, if you've struggled with your weight for 20 plus years, if you think that like six to 12 months of dialing it in, is going to allow you to like, just be free. I just don't think that that's realistic. And I'm being honest. I do think that you need a little bit more time practicing those habits and also keeping yourself accountable. And there's nothing wrong with weighing yourself a couple of days a week, especially if you aren't somebody that's quote unquote, tracking your food 24 seven, um, or really sticking to a specific diet. You know, you actually have more intuitive eating because you want to make sure you're keeping calories in check. That weight sneaks up. And the reason I like a few times a week is because one data point isn't really enough. You know, your weight really is going to fluctuate within a range and you should be okay with that. Like everybody should be okay with about a five pound fluctuation, you know, especially if you're a female, you know, we really have like one good week out of the entire month because you got a week when you're ovulating, then you're PMSing, then you're on your period. And then you've got that one week where you're like, oh, nothing's going on. So you have to understand that the water problem is something that you're gonna have to deal with. And just seeing one data point might freak you out. You want to make sure you're getting a couple of them. And if your food changes from like weekend to weekday, like if you do eat out a little bit more on the weekends versus the weekdays, you want to kind of see how that's affecting things as well. So you can keep calories in check. Restaurant food is notorious for being higher in calories, but also higher in salt and water. So if you step on the scale on Monday morning and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm up two pounds, but then Wednesday it's back down to normal, not a big deal. But if you're like every single week that's happening and every single week that middle, that middle weigh-in is getting higher and higher, now you're going to want to watch out for things. Okay. So we want to make sure that self-monitoring is in place. Uh, most important one that I wrote down here, number five, um, and this is really, really, really important guys mindset, your mindset around nutrition is the number one thing that people have to really be aware of in a fat loss journey and also beyond the fat loss journey. Okay. Oftentimes what I find is people are so afraid of regaining weight that they keep themselves in this place of misery and trying to like chase the last one or two pounds or so afraid of weight, weight, weight regain that they're not listening to the signals that their body is giving them and they're fighting it up here. Like mentally, like every single day, they're like, oh my God, I just wish this would be over. Like they're feeling so tired of the diet hamster wheel. And if you're in that place, it's really important to understand that like, that's not going to be able to go, you're not going to be able to maintain that for a, very long. At some point you're going to break. And I think this is where people look at like, I need to be more disciplined. I need to be have more willpower. No, you don't. You actually just need to have routine and structure and a plan that actually allows you to go from fat loss 
into maintenance without actually feeling like dog shit and not being afraid of that. So mindset is huge. Also mindset is like, why? Like, why are you doing this? What are you searching for? External validation likely will not give you sustainable results. If you're looking to achieve something because you are feeling like it's something that's going to make others respect you more, or you're going to be accepted more, it's likely not going to give you that. And you're going to be disappointed and you're never going to feel satisfied. This has to come from a place of, I want to better myself for me. This, this is my journey. This is about me finding confidence, not from a place of I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. And I know that that sounds like really deep, but it's, it's the truth. Like why you're chasing this goal is what's going to allow you to maintain the results because that's really what it has to come down to. I want this for me. This matters to me. I've worked hard to create this change and I don't want to go backwards. I am so proud of the fucking work I have done to change that I am not willing to go backwards. I don't want to go backwards. And a third piece of mindset is understanding that like, we're not perfect, right? Like this goes down to mindset around your whole plan. There's not like a perfect plan. You don't have to be perfect all the time, right? Like your body doesn't know if you had an extra hundred calories because you decided to have an Oreo, you know, like your body, that's one, one Oreo, but a person can be like, oh my God, I just totally trashed it. Might as well have five or six, like things like that, that really just get into people's heads. And it's, it's that mindset that you have to understand you have control over and maybe you just wanted the Oreo, you know, like, so dropping the perfectionistic mindset of like being on a plan, um, other mindset things I think that are really important to think about is like, I'll enjoy life when I will, I'm not going to eat that right now because I'm on, on a plan. And then I'm going to eat it when I start, when I'm in maintenance, like that stuff like that, that's, that's the mindset stuff that you guys have to work through. And again, like not a plug for you booking a nutrition strategy call with me, but this is the stuff that you're not going to get from a meal plan or a macro calculator, because knowing how you think about food and how you think about yourself is going to honestly be the make or break with you actually staying committed to it long enough to get results, but yes, to maintain them as well. You know, so you've got to be able to learn how to break those bad habits and become somebody different, become somebody that does something because it makes you feel good. You know, like as somebody who at one point in my life ate whatever the fuck I wanted, I mean, breakfast was, I was actually, it's funny. I was thinking about, it would be really awesome, but I just don't know that I could commit to doing it of like spending a day eating the way that I did when I was in high school. And I can still remember, like, I probably couldn't piece together like a day, but I have a pretty good remember, like reminder of like what my nutrition looked like. It was usually, oh my gosh, it would probably be if I had breakfast when I was old enough to drive, I would stop at Burger King and I would get a croissant sandwich and the hash browns and orange juice. Um, and then lunch was around 10. And if y'all remember lunch, it was sometimes I would have those like curly fries and a vanilla Coke, or I'd have a cinnamon roll. Those big, the things were like the size of your head, (laughs) those big ass cinnamon rolls and a vanilla Coke. Um, those were probably my two choices, the curly fries or the cinnamon roll, depending if I would want it sweet or sweet or salty. 
And then usually, because um, I was on a very flexible schedule in high school, because that's what I remember is high school. Um, I was dual enrolled. We would go after school before soccer practice. Uh, and we would usually go to like Wendy's for the dollar menu uh, or Dale's barbecue. And I would get barbecue pork and French fries and a sweet tea. Or I would get from Wendy's, we would like put our money together and we do like chili cheese fries. Like we'd get the dollar menu fries, dollar menu chili cheese and put together chili cheese fries or chicken nuggets. That was like my day. And then soccer practice. And then I would come home and a typical meal was like, maybe macaroni and cheese and fried chicken fingers or like fried chicken cutlets, um, chicken pot pie, just so high calorie. Um, and typically I would eat till I was beyond full and then snacking afterwards. We always had dessert, like whether it was like we had Girl Scout cookies in the house, little Debbie snacks, some kind of a cake in the house, cookies, whatever. I always had dessert. So, and I didn't drink water. I drank Kool-Aid or Coke, <laughs> like did not have water. So that was my diet. Okay. So like, let me just tell you, I know it's hard, but I made some changes too. A little bit of a tangent from today's topic, but that was just something I just had to share. Maybe we should just talk about dieting in high school for the rest of the show. No, no. Now we're actually going to get into uh, some of the more important things. Okay. So um, I talked about a lot of the like psychological on your end, the things you're thinking, the habits you're doing, the actions you're taking and how to really, you know, obviously get yourself into a better place that way. But there's a one really important thing that you have to understand that also might be affecting the psychological aspect of things. And that's the physiological or the physical things that are going on. And this is where we have to talk about the metabolism. Women are always talking about like, is dieting ruining my metabolism or I'm eating too little? which was something that I didn't talk about in today's post, but I probably should have. Um, but when it comes down to fat loss and maintaining it, the biggest thing that people miss is that fat loss is kind of like getting to the top of a mountain. And now you've got to get back home. But you actually, let me take that back. It's kind of like, fat loss is kind of like you're moving, right? And I, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. Here's what I want you to know. Fat loss is kind of like getting to the top of a mountain, right? And you want to actually get to the other side to get back down, all right? But imagine you have a guide that's taking you to fat loss, like a coach, right? People think that fat loss ends when the fat loss, when they're at their goal weight and they're at the top of the mountain reality. So you have a coach, they take you through the fat loss phase. And then now you're looking around and you're like, Hey, where'd you go? No more coach. Okay. No more accountability. That's where you have to really honestly understand the work is only halfway done. The next step is understand the importance of rebuilding your calories and Figuring out the level of structure and accountability that you need to maintain, eating a consistent amount of calories without being obsessive. And that's very like gray. It's not black or white, right? I'm not saying, well, you're going to meticulously count your calories for the rest of your life and ensure that you're eating at maintenance. No, we want to know where your maintenance ceiling is at your new weight because your body does adapt to the changes in your body weight. Um, we want to know, we want to rebuild your calories to your calorie maintenance 
but we also want to look at what does sustainable habit changes look like for you? What is necessary? What is unnecessary? So for instance, a lot of my clients don't need to track their food for the rest of their life. You know, some of my clients do need to track their food for a long period of time. Anybody that has struggled with, um, honestly being comfortable eating enough and then that leading to binge eating, um, not really being comfortable eating foods that are quote unquote bad for them. Um, anybody that struggles eating enough protein in their diet, those people do need to really track their food for a considerable amount of time for that purpose, but they might not have to be doing it as diligently. They might not be weighing and measuring every little thing. They're probably pretty good at eyeballing now, but we need to make sure that we have a plan in place. Like what can you remove and still, still be able to maintain. And that's where the self-monitoring comes in. But the most important thing is metabolically, like I'm saying, is you've got to rebuild the calories. People don't understand the power of hormones. They, they know about hormones when it comes to, why am I getting weight? They're like, my hormones are out of whack. That's why I'm getting weight. No, not really. But your hormones are very, very, very strong when body is not happy, when your body's not happy. And when you've lost weight, you have lost a considerable amount of stored energy especially anybody that's lost over 15 pounds, you've lost a significant amount of stored energy and your body does see that as a threat because that energy was like in case of emergencies and now it's not there and signals are going to be put in place. Be like, Hey, I, I, I need some more energy. Even if you don't really need it, your body's going to give you those signals because it was used to that for so many years. You want to rebuild those calories in a way that is going to allow you to maintain and not gain, you know, and, and a lot of times this can be scary because people might see some weight fluctuations again, why we're still keeping data more than once a week. Um, but typically you have to recognize if you're eating more food, right. You are also putting more weight in your body. So like food has weight to it. Also carbohydrates. So typically when we're rebuilding calories, we're increasing carbs and fats because protein typically doesn't change carbohydrates. Every gram of stock carbs can store up to four grams of water. So that's other things that are coming into place. But that reverse part of the process is so important. And a lot of people miss that step. Even if you do do an extreme, you know, weight loss change or transformation, it means you also need likely a little bit longer in that phase. Like you need to be able to really, you know, give yourself time and patience to, to work through that calorie rebuild and allow yourself to maintain long-term. So that is my talk today on weight regain. I know a lot of things I cover, but just to kind of recap things, guys, remembering, I'm just going to go back to my notes really quickly, is we want to ensure that if we, we want to prevent weight gain, we, I'm sorry, weight regain, we want to watch out for extreme results or extreme uh, changes to, our, to achieve those fast results. We want to ensure that we have accountability beyond uh, the fat loss phase, because obviously when you no longer are goal focused, your mindset's going to shift a little bit. We want to build nutritional awareness into our fat loss phase, meaning that we have an all-inclusive diet so we can actually learn about the foods that we want to consume, whether we are losing weight or gaining weight. Uh, we want to make sure that we have self-monitoring in place to ensure that we can ensure that we're not regaining weight uh, if we have kind of, you know, obviously let some habits slide. And then the most important one is mindset. And then obviously, physiologically, we are working that calorie rebuild to ensure that you are going to maintain long-term. So that's my talk today. Um, feeling really good. I'm um, going to give you guys 
games train updates this week. I have an episode already recorded that I haven't released yet. And I'm going to record another quick one. And I'm keeping these somewhat short. Um, I'm really excited about how things are progressing this week. So um, just excited to share that with you guys. But had to get out of the weeds a little bit first because I did feel very vulnerable uh, last week. And I'm like, I really want to share this, but I want to feel like I'm in a better place mentally to open up a little bit. So that's what I got for y'all. Um, I think my next episode, I'm going to be talking about the open. I know a lot of you guys are CrossFitters um, and we are going into open and quarterfinal season, which I'm going to assume that a lot of you guys are now that it's 25% might be going on to the next stages. So I want to make sure that you guys feel good about doing the workouts. So if you guys have any other questions, if you are somebody that has lost weight and regained it, and you're just looking for some strategy, uh, again, don't be afraid to reach out. Oh, I forgot to tell y'all, don't forget, make sure that you like, make sure that you give me a five-star rating and review. If you got any value out of this episode, help me share the word, help me spread the word of FitBodyRx and FitBodySecrets. I'll talk to you guys all on the next episode.